Welcome back to Northway's T-Group Podcast. I'm your host. Once again, I'm so glad you've stopped by to visit. For months, we've been apprenticing our lives to Jesus. We've been learning to love, live, and lead like him. In particular, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the ways that we can lead like him. We've joined the sacred order of the towel, understanding that first and foremost, our role is that of a servant. That's the way we lead. We talked about how we become people of influence by being salt and light, by saying that mantra, I am here to make a difference for the kingdom. As we walk through our homes, as we're pulling into the parking lot at work, as we sit down at our desks, we know that we are here to make a difference for the kingdom. We started getting more specific about our role as trail guides last week as we talked about fishing like Jesus. We discussed discovering our persons of peace and about using hospitality as a tool to begin leading people down the disciples' trail. You'll remember we talked about getting clear about three things. Get clear about what you've received, about what you've experienced. Number two, get clear about what we have to offer. And number three, get clear about your assignment. Well, in this session, we want to go even further with this idea of getting clear What is it we really have to offer? What does Jesus have to offer? And if our unchurched friends were to ask us to summarize in a nutshell what this Jesus way is really all about, we want to always be ready to give a response. So let's get real clear about it. Let's talk about sharing the kingdom gospel. You do know that the word gospel means good news, don't you? It comes from the Greek word euangelion, where the prefix eu means good, and angelion refers to a communicated message. Euangelion, it refers to glad tidings or or a happy message being publicly announced and proclaimed. You might even visualize it as you hear the Christmas angels declaring to lowly shepherds, Behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. Euangelion on display. The angel, the messenger, proclaiming the good news. And so you can see even how we get the word evangelist from that word euangelion as well. And that's exactly what we find in the first four books of the New Testament. We see what came to be known as the Gospels. Four evangelists telling the good news in slightly different perspectives. They represent the whole story of Jesus, not just the death on the cross for sin story, not just the Easter morning story, though those are certainly part of the gospel, as we're going to clearly see. But we have to be careful to not truncate the gospel to just one, albeit very important, part of the story. What I want you to see is that the gospel is much bigger than that. The good news, the full gospel about Jesus, the victory of Jesus, can be told in the shape of a V. V is for victory, as the Brits used to say during World War II. To see it more clearly in Scripture, we're going to first of all look not to one of the four primary gospels, but rather first to Philippians chapter 2, where we take a few moments to review one of Paul's many summary statements of the good news. And I'm starting at verse 5 of Philippians 2. He said, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, 
He emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thee is for victory. And even this short passage shows the V-shaped story of the gospel. Now, you'll, once again, you're going to want to download the transcript of this session so that you can see the V-shaped graphic that relates to this summary. If you imagine for now, though, if you're looking at this picture in your mind, look at a V, and we're going to start at the top left-hand side of that V. And we see, first of all, that Jesus pre-existed before he walked the earth. In verse 6, Paul says that Jesus was existing in the form of God. He pre-existed his own humanity in an exalted state, equal status with God the Father. But from there, we see a downward movement. Verse 7 says he emptied himself, taking on the likeness of man. In churchy terms, this is called the incarnation, that God the Son takes on flesh. And then we see that he continued that downward pattern as his life is a journey toward the cross. And Paul says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death on a cross. Buried in a borrowed tomb for three days, we reach the bottom of the V. And on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the beginning of his upward movement as he was resurrected, appearing to hundreds of witnesses over the next 40 days. Jesus then ascended into the heavens before the disciples' very eye, his upward motion accelerating. But even that's not the end of the story either, friends. For the climax of the full gospel about Jesus is found in Paul's words in verse 9 and 10. For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that, every, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, the real victory in Jesus is his coronation, that he is now enthroned at the right hand of the Father, appointed as the Son of God in power, reigning as King of kings. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the full gospel about Jesus the Christ. Jesus reigns. Thee is for victory. The Lord reigns. Long live the King. Now, this V-shaped gospel about Jesus as King helps to clarify the gospel of Jesus, the gospel that Jesus himself preached. So while we've talked about the whole gospel, the big picture story about Jesus, let's zoom in here for a few moments and discuss what we, we might call the gospel within the gospel. In fact, we can say this was distinctly part of his earthly mission. You see, as we've talked about from our earliest sessions together, Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. In Luke 4, Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God because that is why I was sent. It was also the theme of his cousin, John the Baptist, and of course Jesus picked up right where John left off. Mark tells us that after John was arrested, that Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And so repent and believe became the keys to citizenship in the kingdom. And everywhere he went, Jesus talked about the gospel of the kingdom. 
Now, what is that, you might ask? Well, you should know if you've hung out with us for long. What is the gospel of the kingdom, or at least what is the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus clues us in as he taught us how to pray. You'll remember this, this line from what we call the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the kingdom of God is where what God wants done is being done. Where the will of God, the loving action of God on behalf of his people is made manifest in the world. He described it best in what I've come to think of as his primary text for his gospel of the kingdom, a a quote in one of his earliest sermons from the gospel Isaiah. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus is preaching this good news of the kingdom, inviting all listeners to step out of the darkness, to leave behind their disoriented lives, and and to experience a new life now under the complete complete rule and reign of God. Listen to how he clarifies it. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Put another way, Jesus came to rescue and restore the disoriented. If you're lost or disoriented, you need to find the way. And Jesus says that he is that way. Come follow me. I'll show you the way. He says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in the darkness to rescue them from that darkness, from their disorientation. And this is the gospel of Jesus. Here's what he says. Stop fumbling around in the dark. Stop trying to find your own way. Come follow me into the kingdom of God. This is the life you were meant to live. In fact, he even famously says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I mean, look, friends, this is not just life after death, but Jesus' real invitation is abundant life, a life of great significance, a life of love, joy, and peace available now in the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And he didn't beat around the bush with his invitation either. In Luke 5, he says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they're sinners and need to repent. Repent and believe. He just kept using these terms over and over. Now remember, to repent means to experience a radical and fundamental change in how you think about the world. To experience a reorientation to the life you were meant to live. It means admitting you've been loving the wrong things. It means rethinking your life in light of Jesus' teachings and commands. And then when Jesus said to believe the good news of the kingdom, he didn't just mean believe that it's true, like you believe 2 plus 2 equals 4 is true. He meant to place your confidence in his authority and his teachings, to make him the ruler, the king, the leader of your life. You're no longer king of your life. He is. In the gospel of the kingdom terms, to repent is to put to death your sinful, selfish thoughts and actions and habits, and to believe is to give your allegiance to Christ the King, being raised to new life in his kingdom. And in a sense, responding to Jesus' call is like participating in that V-shaped story of the gospel. You're dying to sin, you're buried with Christ, and you're raised to new life in him. Listen to how Paul describes this cosmic transaction. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. 
And this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So to repent and believe are those initial steps, but the full call of Jesus includes just a bit more. He makes it clear in Luke chapter 9. Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and then follow me. This is really important to grasp. Jesus expects us to follow. It's not just a a one-time decision in our heads, but our lives have to increasingly align more and more closely to his life. And Jesus says we do that by obeying his commands. He says in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. His disciple John, he said it as well. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. And so if you put all that together, here is how we respond to Jesus' offer. Four things. Repent and believe, follow and obey. It all goes together. That's the life of a true disciple of Jesus. Those who have accepted his invitation, repent and believe, follow and obey. And so now, our new life gets redefined. And I think of that redefinition in in four terms. That the new believer receives citizenship in the kingdom. He receives a personal relationship with the Father. And an apprenticeship to Jesus to teach us how to live this new way and Holy Spirit power and partnership in the mission to announce and enact the kingdom gospel, making disciples of all people. You'll remember that from one of our very first lessons, that Jesus calls us to be his disciples so that we in turn will lead others to be his disciples. And the final act of this whole kingdom drama is that in God's timing, King Jesus will one day return, reconciling all things back to himself, where his followers will rule and reign with him in his forever kingdom. And that's the whole gospel right there, friends. It's so important to understand this whole picture of the gospel. Now, chances are, if you were to share the gospel with someone, you won't have to go into all those details. But for the apprentice of Jesus, this is some of the most important information you can master. So let's talk about how you too can share this incredible gospel for yourself. Now, it might seem like I've shared a lot, but... I think there are some simple ways to remember it. Over the next couple of weeks, your D group is going to be working on mastering the retelling of this full gospel of Jesus' life and message. And there are essentially two versions to master. There's a simple version and an advanced version. So let's start with the simple version. I'm sure you're happy about that. It's a single sentence and it goes something like this. This is the gospel of the kingdom. An abundant, significant life full of love, joy, and peace is available here and now in the kingdom of God by placing your confidence in Jesus as your forgiver and leader. Now that little sentence, it covers the primary offer, which is an abundant, significant life full of love, joy, and peace. And it also covers what a person must do in order to have that life, placing confidence in Jesus to not only forgive the wrongness of our past, but to also be in charge of his or her life from now on. 
So here it is again, the simple version of the gospel of the kingdom. An abundant, significant life full of love, joy, and peace is available here and now in the kingdom of God by placing your confidence in Jesus as your forgiver and leader. And if you're really short on time, an even simpler version might be something like this. Life now in the kingdom of God by placing your confidence in Jesus as leader of your life. But I think that first version adds just enough embellishment to to describe the kind of life that Jesus is offering. It's abundant. It's a life of significance, a life of joy and love and peace. Now, again, that's the simple version, but to really tell the whole gospel takes a few more moments. And again, you, you might not ever share all of this, but I think it's critical for the apprentice of Jesus to have it in your heart, especially as you go about discipling other followers of Christ. This may take you some time to master, but just have confidence. You can do this. Now, again, you're going to want to print the manuscript so that you can see this kingdom gospel diagram. And as you'll see, it's a circle divided into four colors. And each of those colors represent a different act in this unfolding drama of the kingdom of God. And there's also a grand finale as well. You'll see represented on the right side of the circle that which Christ has done for us. And it's divided into two acts. The first act is about his life and teachings, while the second act is about his victory and authority. These two acts summarize the elements of that V-shaped gospel story of Jesus that I talked about earlier. Now, the left side of the circle is about us, also divided into two acts. The third act is our response to his offer, and the fourth act is related to our new life. The grand finale has to do with our future hope when Jesus reconciles all things and we, as his followers, we rule and reign with him in his forever kingdom. So here it is in outline form, and I'm just going to read through this. And remember, you're going to want to do your best to get very comfortable sharing this as well. This is the gospel of the kingdom, and this is the advanced version. Act one, the kingdom of God has come through Jesus. He is Christ, God's one and only son. He came to earth to announce the truth of the kingdom, showing us the way to an abundant and significant life in the here and now. This love, joy, and peace, this is the Jesus way, the life you were meant to live. Act 2. He died on the cross for our sins, was buried and resurrected on the third day according to scriptures, and now reigns as king at the right hand of the Father. Act 3. In his great love and by his amazing grace, God our Father is saving everyone who repents and believes, follows and obeys. And you want to be able to explain what those mean. To repent means to rethink your life in light of Jesus' teachings and standards. To believe, have full confidence in the authority and teachings of Jesus. Follow and obey. Abandon your old ways of thinking and increasingly align your life to the Jesus way. And by the way, all of that, that's faith. Act 4. The new believer receives citizenship in the kingdom, a personal relationship with the Father, an apprenticeship to Jesus to teach us how to live his way, and Holy Spirit power and partnership in the mission to announce and enact the kingdom gospel, making disciples of all people. The finale, in God's timing, King Jesus will one day return, reconciling all things back to himself, where his followers will rule and reign with him in his forever kingdom. And that, my friends, is hope. And there you have it. 
Even this advanced version is really only about 250 words, but still covers all the essential elements of the whole gospel about Jesus and the kingdom gospel of Jesus. And each little word and phrase has been carefully crafted to succinctly tell the whole story. So do your best to master it all. And as you tell the story, maybe you could draw or write out each element there in that diagram as you talk through it. Or maybe you've got this diagram saved to your smartphone or tablet and you use it to help you remember. So that's it. The whole gospel. And your assignment for the next couple of weeks is to master it. To master both the simple version and the advanced version. Look, I know you can do this. This is not just some theological exercise. Let me tell you, this is your story too. So let the words burn into your heart and mind. Own it. Get comfortable sharing it. There is no greater news in the entire world, and Jesus himself has entrusted it to us. So let's make it known, friends. Let's shout it from the rooftops that our God saves.